The man was intimate with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have, an, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of flocks, but Cain worked the ground. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you furious, and why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Couch Confessions. I'm Jonathan, and joining with me today, we have and Zach. Yeah, hey, uh, hey, Jonathan, uh, good to see uh, good to see Zach back on here. Apparently, he's not sick, and uh, not anymore, at least. Were you ever sick, Zach? Were you ever, man? Yes, I was very much sick. Okay. Then, I, then, I, then, I, then I was bedridden after that. Bedridden? Good dude. Yeah, it turns out sick as a dog has a pretty... Um, pretty high cost is it's a pretty big sickness there zach you want to explain what happened to you this week uh i mean i got sick and then i i had a surgery and then now i'm here so <laughs> so so david we, we we were right if you're sick as, as a dog it, it's pretty serious <laughs> pretty serious uh yeah and uh yeah i'm shocked to know that zach you had a surgery i didn't i didn't know about this uh <laughs> So that's okay. There it is. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, I'm glad you're doing better, man. <laughs> you're alive. You're you're not bedridden right now, from what I'm looking at you, uh, which nope. is good. And you're ready to tackle uh, the first murder case, murder in humanity, right? Um, so we're we're here for that. Uh, but not the first conflict, right? Though, Zach, that's something we had we had briefly talked about before. It's the first murder, but uh, not necessarily the first conflict. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, we were talking a lot about that, but I also think that it's also important to mention that this is we're talking about conflict and not getting into exegetical studies here. So, um, yeah, yeah, we've we've got uh, what uh, we've got a passage of scripture. This comes from Genesis four, and it's just the first eight verses there. And this is a passage that has gotten a lot of uh, traffic over the years over why uh, Cain's offering wasn't accepted and why Abel's was. And you're right, Zach, we're, we're, not, we're not doing the exegetical study of this. We're, we're talking about conflict. And all I want to say about this passage in, in regards to that, why was Cain's accepted and why Abel's wasn't, is, is really the, the only thing we have to go off of is that it says that Cain brought some of the produce, 
but Abel brought some of the first fruits. That's about as much as we have to go off of. A lot of people have have wrote many books, many commentaries discussing that. And if you really are interested in knowing why this came about, why God accepted Abel and not Cain, go read any of those commentaries. I'm sure you're going to find a million of them if you just Google it. Uh, That's not what this episode is about, and and we're really not going to spend much time on it. We're just really going to look at what what can we glean from this in regards to conflict? Why does it happen, and uh, how does it present itself? You know, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Yeah, uh, I know that we've we we've ex, uh, talked extensively the three of us about this passage, um, and uh, just as a recap, Jonathan and Zach um, from the previous two weeks, uh, Zach uh, Zach had talked about conflict being uh, a misalignment of um, desires, uh, right, right, Zach, is that how you would say needs. it? Needs. Okay. So not meeting needs, uh, of each individual involved or, or parties involved. And, uh, and I think, um, I went a little bit in a different direction, even though you're definitely not wrong. Um, a misalignment of expectations is how I see conflict. And I think they go hand in hand. I don't think they're separate necessarily. Um, but, uh, we we were talking about Cain and Abel for quite a while here, and the one of the points that um, that I think is important for our listeners to understand at the very beginning is I think the chapter is misnamed. I don't think it's about Cain and Abel. I think it's about Cain and God. Um, the first conflict here in this chapter doesn't exist between Cain and Abel. It exists between God and man, God and Cain. Uh, God, for whatever reason, uh, thank you, Jonathan, for going ahead and getting that exegetical portion out of the way so we don't even have to elaborate on it because, thank goodness, I, I don't want to do that. I, more eisegesis than anything here. Um, mm-hmm. is, that, uh, is that God, for some reason, did not accept Cain's offering. Whatever that reason may be, who knows? But the first conflict uh, can't necessarily say God caused, but he did will to come about. Um, he did not will the sin that Cain found himself in. In fact, uh, we, we see in what you read that um, that God actually called him to uh, essentially flee from the sin and uh, and do the right thing to be accepted, whatever that right thing is. Um, but that uh, that sin was, would crouch at his doorstep otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it really is uh, interesting to see there that God actually is involved in the conflict from the very beginning. From the very beginning, yeah, I think I think that's a that's a fair point to to look at too. In that, a lot of our conflicts arise um, not necessarily between man and man, but between us and our understanding of God, right? So if if you're not if you're not a follower of Christ, if you if you don't necessarily hold to the Judeo Christian God, um, your conflict is with between you and the world between you and your expectations of the world you and your your uh, your whatever deity that you worship or, or your sense of being out there it, it's not necessarily uh, between you and that other person but ne- but more between you and and what is beyond you know we would say God right between you and God or you and the world something like that yeah, and so I, I'd like to think a little bit more about and, and really talk about 
you know, conflict, if it's, if it's conflict and, and looking at Zach's uh, definition of conflict here, and I say Zach, it's not just Zach's, right? I mean, we, we all hold it to Zach, so I don't want to throw you like out there like, oh, you're Zach. But, uh, but, got but an issue with it. I don't own, I don't own the rights to this. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Okay. So it's not trademarked, copyrighted, you know, uh, we can't, the bus, but you can't. There's, there's no, there's no patent pending. We can't oh, use man. you as a scapegoat. <laughs> We're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if it, if it's about the uh, about needs, right? Needs not being met, right? Um, then God's needs, um, if you may say so. I mean, I, again, the Judeo Christian God doesn't need anything right. from humanity, right. Right? right? But but we're not getting into that. It, the the need for a a a perfect sacrifice uh, or or a sacrifice that's acceptable from humanity was not met by Cain. Right. And so because that need wasn't met, that caused a rub, if you will, yeah. right, between him and Cain. And and then Cain's need for approval and acceptance wasn't met either. Uh, we, had, right. we had we we had had kind of done a little bit of eisegesis before and talking about Cain was the firstborn, okay? And there are some other uh, commentators that will put even more weight on, on what that meant and what... Uh, Eve thought of Cain and and kind of him being the firstborn, you know, and all that. And so Cain's need for approval and acceptance, we know throughout all of Jewish history, there was a huge, and, and just all of history in general, there was a huge weight placed on the firstborn. There's a lot of blessing. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of praise and adoration given to the firstborn, especially the firstborn son. And so... Cain has a need for approval and acceptance, and his offering wasn't regarded. So we have both parties involved. Their needs aren't being fulfilled. All right. Well, that's Zach's definition. Um, <laughs> David, what about yours? Well, well, oh, okay, what's your you. definition, David? <laughs> okay, so a misalignment of a misalignment of, uh, of expectations, which uh, which goes hand in hand. By the way, for all of our listeners out there. Who, uh, who want to parse this. Uh, misalignment of expectations, right? God expected something, he didn't get it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cain expected something from God, he didn't get it. Look at mm-hmm. that. Peter yeah. bought a boom. Uh, <laughs> conflict arose because people were not having their, uh, their expectations met at the same level. Um, was it a horrible sacrifice that, that Cain gave? Nowhere does it say that. It just says it wasn't acceptable to God. I mean, I wouldn't accept it because it's fruit and vegetables, and I don't <laughs> accept fruits and vegetables, okay? So automatically, Abel's is getting the stamp of approval, right? I mean, amen? Okay, maybe not. But I am an omnivore. I will accept either, <laughs> as oh, long dude. as they're good. <laughs> Zach, you brought up grains earlier, okay? And I want you to know that grain sacrifices are wholly acceptable, Okay, in the form of any bread type. Okay, so I am okay with bread and meat, but I'm no good with fruits and vegetables out there. So, so, so we have we have a misalignment of expectations, a misalignment of needs, and it comes out in in a different way. And Zach, you had kind of brought this up a little bit. Uh, so. Cain's issue is with God. His conflict is with God, but that's not who he takes the conflict out on. Uh, can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, like, the, the conflict that we're experiencing here, like, 
when you when you have conflict, I think you, when you and I first talked, Jonathan, it kind of came up was that I'm going to be in conflict with myself first, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to be in conflict with other people. Right. And at the at the root of that is going to be the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. That ev- every human is valuable, and every person is wholly unique because they have an imprint of God that's just them in and of themselves. That's why our fingerprints and our eyes and our gates are so unique to individual persons is because there's just a unique element that makes just them and only them. And so when we're talking about conflict and this idea of like, all right, so this conflict of Cain and Abel, like Cain is in conflict with himself and the fact that he doesn't even realize this. He comes forth with this offering to God and either didn't stop to think I should do the best that I can didn't intentionally want to do the best that he could or just like was was just kind of like laissez-faire about the whole thing god chastises him and says you can do better and the invitation is there for cain to fix what he messed up but instead of doing the hard thing of saying all right let me look and see i i there was an expectation of me there was a need that god allowed me to speak into that i didn't fulfill so whether you want to take David's or my approach on that, either one, he failed miserably. And we like to say that crap rolls downhill. Instead of dealing with my conflict with God, I'm going to go kill my brother. Yeah, because he can't do anything against God, right? Like he, he literally cannot fight against God. And then he doesn't want to fight against himself. And so it's got to go to somebody else. And, and David, we had talked about some of that too with like this internal conflict, this internal aggression. He doesn't, he, he, he literally can't do anything against God. That's a, there's a no, there's a, there's a threshold that he can, he can, he can do there. And then yeah. Zach, you're right. You, he, he's not willing to do this in himself. He's not willing to, to fix the thing that's wrong in himself either. Yeah, I think that's the that's the key. There is is that you know, Abel. I mean, we know nothing about him here. Yeah. Um. It, it wasn't his conflict. Uh. In fact, I mean, you you just have to picture Abel out in an open field somewhere. Uh. And, and just getting knocked over the head with a rock. I mean, it, it without ever seeing it coming. I mean, that might have been a little bit worse than that. Who knows? But like at the end of the day, that's what happens to Abel just because he he gave a uh or got an accepted sacrifice mm. right um and and so in in order for Cain to feel better about himself or to solidify his position in the family or in order to maybe appeal to God by being the only one there now mm. uh yeah whatever well, it may be hmm? Seth was also there let's not forget that well, I don't yeah, think Seth was there Seth yet, later. but but, yeah, but there were later. other brothers and sisters at that time. That's right. Yeah, well, we right. don't we don't we don't look at it because it's not Sorry. it's not there. No, 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 no. That's a good point to bring up. Like there were other individuals. There were David, other humans out there. Yeah, because because the David, what you would you know what we'll get to eventually is like God's curse on Cain was to protect him from his other siblings. You know, that's that, exactly that right. were out there. So now that's a that's good exactly. point to bring up there, Zach. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so, but whatever that may be, whatever, whatever Kane was trying to escape from is what led to his ultimate uh, sin there uh, of, of killing his brother. It, his, his first sin was not murder. It wasn't even murder in his own heart. It wasn't even inviting his brother out to the field to kill him. That was not his first sin. His first sin was not looking inwardly and trying to discover uh, or even communicate to God. And you don't even see him communicate back to God, which may actually be the first of the sins there, which is to say, well, God, how can I give an appropriate, acceptable sacrifice? Those words never come out of his mouth in this story. Now, I don't know if he actually asked it or not, but that's not what it appears to be. It immediately jumps from don't let sin creep up on you. That's what God tells Cain there and, and, and do the right thing to, well, you know, the right thing looks like to kill my brother. So I'm just going to invite him out of the field. Well, and one of the things one of the things I want our listeners to remember is that as we read through these stories, that you're supposed to find yourself in the biblical biblical narrative. Like we're not supposed to look at Cain and say, "What an awful dude." You're supposed to look at Cain and say, "I am capable of that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that's that's important because I think there's a lot that we can we can pull out from. There's a lot of ways we can see ourselves in this. Because, you're, you're David, you're right. He doesn't even ask what would make this acceptable. But we have to assume that he probably already knew, right? This is, this is Adam and Eve's son. And so, and, and we can see there's a line of communication to some degree. And so maybe he knew, maybe he didn't know. But if, so he, so he either knew because Adam and Eve would have told him or or he would have spoken to God from that, or he could have easily found out because he was speaking to God because God was talking to him. And so there, there, there was, there was something he, he could have done better. He didn't take responsibility for it. And, you know, God says it's desirous for you. This sin is desire for you, but you must rule over it. And so he does something wrong here by not ruling over this desire, he, by not taking ownership of the issue. And you know, in both of my conversations with you guys, we had talked about that idea of when you're in conflict and it happens internally, internally, and you're, you're um, either you know misalignment of expectations or needs or something like you're not taking ownership of the problem. You're not taking ownership of your emotions, which are natural and perfectly viable, and and like, yeah, you should you should feel those things. You know, Cain is feeling furious and despondent. You know, that's that is what it is. But he didn't take ownership of those emotions. He didn't disengage from them. He didn't take a step back to really analyze the situation. He let himself get consumed over it. There was this problem that it was in front of him. I gave a sacrifice that wasn't acceptable. I feel this way now. There is a conflict here between me and God. I should take ownership of it and take responsibility for this and fix it. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he, no, he ends up, yeah. He, he lets sin rule over him um, mm-hmm. instead of ruling over the sin. Yeah. And you see, you're right, Jonathan, when you talk about feelings and letting yourself feel those things, that's perfectly natural. Um, you, nobody's ever telling 
anybody, or at least us, we're not telling anybody to stuff their emotions down. Right. And I, I wouldn't right. even say that you have to disengage from them. I say fill them, fill them all the way, fill them to the extent that you can without acting out upon them. And then once you feel them, rule over them, control your feelings, control your emotions. You've got to feel them, though, in order to be able to control them. Yeah. If you don't let yourself yeah. feel them, if you if you just completely disengage, then you're bottling it up yourself. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for our listeners out there that, that you're absolutely right, Jonathan, that very well is it. He's feeling a certain way. He, he's not communicating to God about it. I, I just wonder. I just wonder, and this isn't just wondering about Cain, but it's also about me and all of us here, right? Is that if we just uh, took a second to to communicate to God the feelings that we have, how much more could he help us rule over those feelings by maybe giving us clarity on what's going on in our life, right? And what's important. You know, see, so like that's another whole aspect. I don't want to get into that. But like when you're thinking about conflict, it's important to let God speak into that conflict to, because I mean, he's so God might've in a, in a way passively created it. That like what you said earlier, Jonathan, I like that passively created the conflict by not accepting the sacrifice. But at the end of the day, he's the one that can fix it too. Yeah. Like he can, he can be the one that fixes it. Um, and yet Cain completely rejects it. I, I think David, that you bring up such a huge thing. I, I don't want our, our, viewers to miss this that who does conflict involve and you're you're starting off this idea that you have to communicate and if it's conflict within myself am i being in touch with my emotions to know where can i fix the conflict that's in me if it's a conflict with another person am i communicating with that other person to help fix it and if not and am i communicating with god about it because if we're viewing others and loving others the way as Christians were supposed to, then I'm going to ask myself, why am I in conflict? Because there's a purpose for this. Is it because there's something that can be fixed? Mm-hmm. Is there something that is deeper that goes into like spiritual warfare that needs to be dealt with? There's several questions that need to be asked about this. Um, and I don't know if you wanted to touch on this at this point, Jonathan, but conflict is, is a few things. All at the yeah, same time. Ahead. Conflict conflict is universal. It, it, every language, every people group, there's going to be conflict. It, it's almost like music, that you can't not have music at some level. Mm-hmm. There's going to be conflict. Conflict is cyclical in nature. We were talking about seasons, how there's different seasons that come and go. Conflict is very much like that, where there's some consistent patterns and principles that conflict tends to go through. And knowing where you are in the cycle of conflict, you can better know what you need to do to move through that effectively. Conflict is also a a tool that it is a catalyst that, all right, so we're at this point in conflict. What does this move me towards or move me away from? And then the last thing, um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because my mind's going out of blank. David, Jonathan, either of you remember what my fourth point was about this? No, I do not. I remember I remember <laughs> cyclical, cyclical, and I remember it's a tool. I'm so uh, sorry. I can't remember any. Yeah, it's functional. It's cyclical. It's uh, universal. And yeah, that was it, man. That's all I got. <laughs> if it comes up later, we'll, we'll come up with It'll it. It'll come yeah. up later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like the thing that's that's important to remember is that what David's talking about is that as we're communicating with God, then we can have 
we're allowing ourselves the position of letting it move us forward and to grow in us so that we're actually making a benefit for other people instead of just saying, ah, conflict is hard. Conflict sucks. I don't really like doing this, which all might be true. Mm. And there's probably something deeper here. Yeah. Well, with that, the idea of, of growing yourself and making it a tool, like Cain could have used it as that way. So, if he had just communicated to God, if he had just gone that route, he could have done some self-development, some self-assessment, and could have gotten some serious personal growth through that of saying, okay, you're right. I could have done better. What do I need to do better? And he would have grown as a person. If he had have communicated to Abel, so he 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 takes his his conflict and he he pushes it off on somebody else and he pushes it off on his brother. His conflict is with God and now he makes it about his brother. And so if he would have communicated to his brother instead, he could have created a further, uh, a greater bond, right? And so maybe there was this misplaced of expectations where, where Cain is, is put on a pedestal and Abel not so much. Well, Cain could have taken that opportunity to build a bond with his brother, raise his brother up and say, you know what? Your offering was accepted. Mine wasn't. What did you do that was right? Let me learn from you. He could have humbled himself and created a, a deep bond. And again, all this is eisegesis. This is all just like guessing. But, you know, we can pull these kind of examples because we see these in our own lives where we're having a conflict with the world and we push it off on somebody else instead of taking that opportunity. Say somebody gets a promotion and you don't. Say somebody gets it acknowledged and you don't. Say somebody gets awarded and you don't. There are so many petty things that happen in our life that we put these, these issues onto other people instead of saying, what can I do to learn from you? How can I grow myself in this? Um, and, and the opposite is true, right? I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're seeing ourselves as Cain, but sometimes we're able to. And sometimes we have a conflict put on us by somebody else. And it's really, they have a conflict with the world around them. And you just happen to be the, the target that they can hit. They can't hit the world, but they can hit you. And so, I mean, you can see yourself just as easily as able, but I think it's more important to see ourselves as Cain often. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, and I don't want to read too much into it, right? Right. But the very, the very next statement from God is, where's your brother? Mm. Right? Like, so where, where's your brother? And, and Cain's answer is, uh, why ask me? I'm, am I my brother's keeper? And I think that, that goes right back to your point, right? Like, he had an opportunity to raise his brother up. Instead, he, he buried his brother. Mm. Like, I mean, so... I mean, he, he, it's, it's incredible the level um, uh, of conflict, the escalation that occurred and, and such what one could really consider a simple conflict, something that could have been dealt with, um, you know, and, and, and really strengthened everybody's relationships. God to Cain, God to Abel, Abel and Cain, all, all these major players here and how that would have affected maybe all of his family, including Adam and Eve. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but instead, we don't, we don't have that. That's all counterfactual because right now what we have is one brother dead and the other one uh, now being cast out, right? Yeah, I think that you, you said something really profound there is that 
it was something rather simple that could have been fixed and everyone would have been better for it had it been addressed. And I think that not, not to be air on the danger of oversimplifying conflict because everyone's conflict is real and everyone's experience is unique. But when you, you, you take the time to stop and think more often than not, you realize this isn't that big of a deal. And some people would go to the extreme arguments like um, geopolitical status. Uh, David, you had mentioned that of like, well, when you start talking about sovereign nations, things get a little bit more complicated. But even then, there's still things that if you take the time to stop and think, it's really not that complicated. And there's certain factors that get in the way, but that's why we as Christians try to do what we can to be Christ ourselves to help remove some of those factors that hinder that conflict resolution, because what are we told to be? We're told to be the peacekeepers. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's not an easy job, but I'll I'll let you know, that means resolving a lot of conflict because ultimately what is conflict resolution? It's problem solving. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's problem solving? It's part of the function of the neocortex, which is the furthest part of your brain. It's the last part to develop. It's the highest level of functioning. And that's ultimately what problem solving comes from. Now, you also get this element of like, okay, so that's logic, that's um, thinking, that's like very heady stuff, but then what's the ultimate root of a lot of those issues and problems? People, Hmm. which often are not very logical, which often are not very rational. And so you have this conflict even within yourself of logic and emotion, and how do we bridge the gap? How do we beautifully tie together the things that make the human experience what it is. Zach, I like the little teaser that you that you threw in there for for next week's episode. You know, these simple conflicts, these simple squabbles and it gets a little bit complicated when it gets on a geopolitical level and uh, that's 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 one of the the uh the topics that we're going to cover with next week's issue is is uh is there is that, you know, so simple? Is it, how does that work when we have small squabbles and, and when they, when they involve sovereign nations and, and is it, is it so simple or is it something that, uh, could have been stopped a lot sooner on and and what do we do when it gets too big? So I like that little unintentional plug for next week. (laughs) And, you know, I really like the, I like Cain and Abel story. Um, I'm glad we're doing it right now here on the first real week of, of talking about conflicts, right? These different stories of conflict uh, because it, it is simple and it gives us maybe uh, an idea of a playbook, you know, when we start looking at other conflicts mm-hmm. throughout history and other biblical conflicts, we're able to go back to this one, hopefully, and our listeners may be able to go back to this one and, and hear about the, the things that could have been done here. And then we can try to apply those maybe later on. And we're also going to see how some of these things don't play out potentially on the larger scale. And I might have to play that role a little bit for Zach there. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's a little teaser on my position. Um, but the, the going back to the Cain and Abel story here, and the, this is this really want, where I want to end it, um, for me at least, is that uh, the conflict is resolved mm. in a very weird way. Um, we don't get all the answers. Like we never get all the answers in life. 
So like, there's that. So you sleep on that audience for a little while and just let yourself know that you're not going to get all the answers. And I can't live with that. So, and I'm trying, all right, I'm trying. Um, uh, but the, uh, the story doesn't end the way that we want. We really, we really don't know how it ends. We do know that Cain is cursed by God for killing his brother, which you would have to assume is like, well, duh. Um, but we, but we also have a little bit of what can be used politically, even in our society. Now he doesn't kill Cain outright for killing his brother. It's not, it's not even an eye for an eye here that we actually see. What we see is him just cursing him, um, tolling the land forever without it really benefiting him, um, and, and casting him out of, of where his family currently is. And, and we see that he's actually, Cain's actually worried about being killed himself. He actually says to God, but they're going to kill me out there. Um, and, and so he's fearing for his life. So he, this is the time that he goes to God now. Hmm. This is when he actually goes to God. It's when, when he's actually afraid for his life, which is just mind-boggling to, to me when he doesn't actually go to God to actually figure out what to do to make things right. Now he goes to God and begs for his life in a way. Um, <laughs> even though he's been cursed. So I don't know how, I don't know how good of a life he's actually going to have. I don't know why he's fighting for that too much, but he is. And, uh, and, and God says, wait a second, I'm going to curse those, what is it, tenfold if they kill you, which is re- reassuring to Cain that you're going to live, but you're going to live to suffer. Seven, I'm sorry, seven years. Biblical things, man, sometimes yeah. I get confused. I mean, seven years, 10 years, 40 yeah, years, it's, it's 40 days and 40 nights. Two weeks because that's a fortnight and that's British, but I still throw it in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to tie on to something that you said though that the conflict was resolved, mm-hmm. and yeah. there are there are so many different ways that conflict can be resolved, and that's one reason why that makes this topic really difficult. Is that for for Abel, he did nothing, or at least if he if he was aware of something, he did nothing. He may have also just been ignorant. He may have never seen it coming. And so the conflict was resolved for him. Mm. So there's a lesson to be learned from his perspective. Those two methods there. Don't be ignorant and don't be caught unawares. From Cain's side, he didn't communicate when he had the time with the right posture. He had consequences. And then he responded out of fear. Mm. And though those are things that it comes with conflict, it's like we can learn from that. And then how did God resolve the conflict? He said, here's the situation. Here's what's going to happen. Here's your choice. All right. Now that you've made that choice, where's your brother? These are the consequences. Yeah. And I like what you had said earlier too, David, is like God, in a sense, distances himself from Cain by putting this curse on him. And yet he doesn't completely distance himself because he does protect him. So there's this little bit of give and take in there is like, I'm going to punish you, but I'm not completely dismissive of you. I'm not, I haven't forgotten you. you. I still know you're there. I'm still protecting you, but I have nothing else to do with you. And I think well, that that that's something that we can learn from as well in a, in, you know, quasi fashion. I think, I think what that really, um, and the story again, this is complete oxygen, but what I'm, what I'm seeing there is, though, is that even at the beginning of, of the Bible, 
um, is a redemption story, mm. is a chance for redemption. Uh, it's not explicitly stated, mm. but you have to wonder that if you if you continue to breathe, um, there's a chance that, you know, God will save you or um, or you'll be willing to uh, resolve the conflict with God. Right. Um, in your in your own heart. And so I think there's that, which is important. And we're going to get to that much later on in mm-hmm. our in our stories too. Redemption, but it's a cycle, as Zach already brought up, is cyclical. Conflict is cyclical. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, there's patterns there. And I think part of that pattern that we're going to see time and time and time again is a story of redemption um there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, reconciliation potentially might be a better word in some of these, mm. you know, for that redemption. So it's something to, to think about. And it's something to think about for our conflicts too. Like how do we um, find redemption in the conflicts that we have, no matter how big or small they are with mm. people, do we redeem um, ourselves and others? And, 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 and how do we, how do we do that? What does it actually mean to help redeem other people's honors or, you know, grace or anything like that? Um, when, when you're talking about conflict, it's, it's, it's tough. Conflict's tough, man. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yes. Yeah. But it can be worth it. Yeah. 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 It should be, it should be worth it. Um, it it should be used functionally, like you said, Zach. Um, but, but the course of human history, I think, um, it, it definitely is a little bit more bleak than that when it comes to conflict. Mm -hmm. So on the grand, grander scale. Yeah, there's certainly a, a, a factor of, of human that we have to overcome, right? Mm. Like, Abel didn't do anything wrong. And he got killed for it. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you're going to be in conflict with people that you did nothing wrong. Yeah. So I, then the question is, how do you help yourself and that other person when you didn't do anything wrong? Yeah. Well, I think that all that all brings it back around with the world we live in isn't perfect. And so a lot of the times our expectation of what this world is supposed to be falls flat and that brings about conflict. (laughs) And I think it ultimately also brings back to the fact that we don't know if Cain really did anything wrong in the first place with his sacrifice. It was just found unacceptable and that God finds favor on people. And sometimes he, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's a harsh reality. And it's very tough pill to swallow yeah. that some people draw a better lot in life than others potentially. And maybe there's not a whole lot we can do about it in that moment, but there's still hope for growth if we turn to the one true God, right? Yeah. So to, to try to to try to help us understand yeah. and reconcile. So. Man, uh, you saying that gives me all kinds of... Uh of thoughts of Job and uh, man, that's a good one that we might get into too. Cause there's a lot of parallels there and uh, I don't want to go into it. Cause I could be a whole long, that, that could give us a whole nother hour at least. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But, too uh, easily. Ma- maybe, maybe that'll be included in, in a later episode. Uh, so uh, yeah, if, if we don't have any other last words here, uh, Zach, you go ahead, man. No, I was, I was agreeing with you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, that being the case, uh, we will be doing a number of these stories of conflict and what we can learn from them, and we'd like to hear from you. We've got a few of these weeks already planned out, and so 
but we don't have them all planned out. And so if you've got a particular story, historical, uh, biblical, fictional, or personal of conflict that you would like us, well, maybe not personal, um, <laughs> but, but just because uh, we don't have the script in front of us, we don't know all the details, we're just getting it from your side, so maybe not. If you would like to share that, sure, we won't cover it on the air, but... Uh, <laughs> But we'll, unless you want to, which we don't advise, because <laughs> uh, yeah, only one of us is a licensed clinical counselor, and he's not uh, he's not doing this pro bono. Um, <laughs> and, he's not taking any patients currently. Yeah, <laughs> but if you have any stories of conflict, historical, fictional, biblical, uh, let us know. You can uh, send that in on our Facebook page or Instagram page at BL Heretics. You can also email us directly at blheretics21, uh, or sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, blhstudios21 at gmail. That's our email, blhstudios21 at gmail. Facebook, Instagram, uh, blheretics. You can let us know there. You can also uh, answer our questions on Spotify. You can uh, go directly to our Spotify page. I'll be putting up a question or a poll with each of these episodes, and you can answer that there. And, and let us know your thoughts on conflict. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be having a new episode out every single Monday, Lord willing, and, uh, and the Creek Doe Rise. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that about covers everything, I believe. We okay? Yeah, for this one. Yeah, I mean, conflict, we're going to be unpacking conflict for quite a while. So we got a long way to go. Yeah, I hope, so you're, stay yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're learning a lot because we, we definitely are. Well, without further ado... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's my part again. Uh, Jonathan, play those jams, the new ones that you just found. (laughs) 